Alright, so we'll just get right into it. Welcome back to another episode of Rebel With A Cause. I am your host, Eric, and joining me tonight, Michael, the Barbary Pirate, Stateless Cook, whatever nicknames else that he's got. Michael, how's it going? Not too bad. How you doing, man? Uh, doing okay. How's uh, South Dakota treating you today? North. North, North Dakota? Dakota? Did I get it wrong again? Damn it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's uh, doing pretty well, actually. Nice. Well, I got to imagine the uh, weather is probably uh, starting to chill down a little bit because it has been. Uh, it's actually, we're getting our Indian summer at the moment. So, oh, nice. It's, it's actually been warming back up, which well, is pretty funny because the beginning of September we had frost and frost warnings and crap like that. And now almost the end of September and it's like 80 degrees during the day. <laughs> well, that's not fun. Uh, yeah. It's the last couple of days. It's uh, cooled off down here a little bit. So maybe we took it from you. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> this is pretty normal up here though. It's, it's pretty, gets pretty wild to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. So, uh, Childerberg, that was where we first mm-hmm. met. <laughs> yep. Had a lot of fun. Got to, uh, Marvel at Maddie K, uh, drunk. And uh, rising like the phoenix 20 minutes later. (laughs) Oh, man. That was impressive. Yeah. It's like you had to sit back and just marvel at it. Mm Mm-hmm. You almost wanted to do, like, the little little fuck you fuck games that the police like to play at a sobriety checkpoint. You know, but uh, it was like, nah, we're all here to have fun. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, how (laughs) sober is he really? Not. He was (laughs) not very sober is what he was. Yeah, that was at one point we had, uh, me and him had walked down to the lake and uh, immediately regretted it because there's like nothing but rocks <laughs> was at mm-hmm. the bottom of the lake. And we both walked in there with no shoes on. So at one point he just fell over and he was like, oh, fuck it, I'm just swimming. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> oh, such a great time. It was. We missed you at the second one too. Yeah, I was really like just looking around the house trying to find stuff. I was like, oh, what can I take to a pawn shop so I can make it over there? And then just didn't have enough stuff. No, I guess. Yeah, it's probably better. I mean, this this year, eh, man, this year is pretty much all you can say. <laughs> yeah, 2020, man. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much the only, only response I have to it. And then uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg up and dies on us. And uh... no, <laughs> you did not. She has been dead for years. The oh. necromancy finally failed. Oh, is that what it was? Mm-hmm. The spell finally wore off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's just too much chaos in the air right now. The lines of mana were too much in flux. I got you. <laughs> the spell could not hold any longer. Yeah. When something's got to give, man, something's just got to give. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, I've already seen a ton of the memes out there, and uh, one of them is my evergreen favorite with the uh, John McCain. It's like, it's a dry yeah. heat. It's a dry heat. Don't worry, Ruth. It's a dry heat. Yep. Uh, man, you know, I think the, the thing that doesn't surprise me the most, because I, of course, knew that this was going to be the case, is Man, like the canonization that's going on by some people. Oh, yeah. Just some of the videos. It it is disturbing to me. Yep. Like, 
you know, a lot of us like to half joke, half serious call government and politics and statism and so forth, the new religion. Right. And this is, man, I remember when Pope John Paul II died. Yeah. That was it was a, like this. It yeah. was like this for an actual religious figure. Right. Yeah, that was the uh, the craziest thing. And I'm, uh, the video of the blonde chick with the green eyeglasses, like screaming while driving. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I saw a little bit of that one. I'm not entirely convinced that wasn't a joke. I'll just kind of putting it on a little bit. Yeah. I, I think that one was like, I mean, maybe this person was genuinely upset about it and that's entirely possible. Weird, but possible. Right. You know, but I think the, the video itself was an act. It's a little bit of, a I think it was exact. Yeah, I think it was exaggerated kind of, you know, for laughs and for social media clout and, you know, that kind of thing. It, it's, I have precisely zero evidence to support this. So let's bear that in mind. This hey, pure, we love speculation around here. So yeah, this is, this is pure speculation and kind of instinct and kind of getting a read on just, like just some of the, there was nothing I can really put my finger on. But the way she was acting just didn't seem quite genuine. Just not. No. Just maybe might have rehearsed it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Now, some of the other ones, because there was another one, uh, a girl, another blonde girl. This one did not have eyeglasses that I was seeing earlier today. And she was probably Ooh. early, mid-20s. Bucking the trend, no she, eyewear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you could tell this girl had been crying. Oh, like, like the eyes were puffy and a little red and there was, it looked like a little bit of streaks of some makeup, that kind of thing. It's like, and she was the same type of thing. And like, that one seemed like this person is genuinely having an existential crisis Yeah, that an old woman she had never met was right. never going to meet yeah. and would have really very minimal day-to-day -day impact on her life, even if she were still alive. Yeah. And she was Dropped. Yeah, she disturbing. was experiencing an existential crisis from this woman's passing, and I just—it blows my mind <laughs> seeing these people reacting in these ways to these things. Like, holy crap! You people think I'm insane, yeah. and you're not entirely wrong. But you people think I'm fucking crazy. And you're acting like this? Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's just been one. Uh, and Twitter has just been, and because everybody in our circle is just retweeting and sharing all that stuff over and over again. So yeah. It's like, it's like, oh my God, people, take a step stop. back. <laughs> Please, God, stop. You You can't in one breath say defund the police and, you know, orange man bad. And then in the next breath. Just every thing that makes uh, that statement just completely untrue. A judge, yeah. you know. Well, the the one that I and this was one that I had mentioned on Twitter just I don't know an hour ago. I saw Rob Reiner's idiotic self. Oh, meathead! Saying, yeah. yeah, the the we need our lives literally depend on your vote this time around. Oh, and the only thing I could think was if you genuinely thought that. Yeah. 
you genuinely thought your lives depended on the outcome of political shit, there would be a shitload more of you people talking genuinely about secession right now. Right. Because that's, that is the perfect solution. It's like, you know, these Republicans are going to try and kill us. These Democrats are going to try and kill us. All right. Just leave each other alone. Yeah. Don't be involved with each other. Right. You know, this idea, and I keep seeing it, and this is from left and right people. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. They're all just like, we need to come together. We need to be unified, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, it is very clear that no one actually has that interest at heart. No one. No one wants to actually be unified. They want to be in control. Yeah. My way is right. There is no further discussion. That is it. Like, how, how do you unify with that? Yeah, you can't. You don't. Yeah. You can't. Yeah, it's like I've like, been saying here uh, in the last uh, couple months. It's uh, You're arguing with people who refuse to use facts, logic, and reason. Everything comes from the adrenal gland. That's all they know. I, I would I would disagree with that. I would, you would disagree? disagree with that statement. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I, I would I would say that they are using facts, logic, and reason. They are simply using different facts, logic, and reason. Yeah. Hmm. Everything is making sense to their own sense of how the world functions, looks, etc. They just have different conclusions than other people. Okay. So right. that's why that's why you can't argue facts with the other side is because they're they're drawing different conclusions from the same data points. We've got the replication crisis except it's political. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's basically what it boils down to. It's like, no, these people aren't illogical. Like if you actually sit there and examine some of their arguments and some of their their the way they do things and like actually just dispassionately i'm going to put a, put aside my bias as best as i can <laughs> i want to look at well and i say as best as i can because everyone's biased and, right and that's fine yeah. but you know you it's put what it makes aside us human. as best as you can exactly you put it aside as best as you can and you start looking at it from their lens how does the world work according to them and it starts becoming logically consistent very quickly yeah. As, now as, there are there are still flaws in in the logic and and when you find them you can poke holes in them and that's where you start getting cognitive cognitive dissonance anyway. But right, like according to the way they view things, no, this is precisely how it works, and it is consistent with each other. Yeah, precisely how it works, no. and if it doesn't, I'm going to make it. <laughs> exactly. It, it's the the whole idea of <sighs> trying to think of a good way to pray. Well, I mean, it's, how it's, it's the joking phrase that gets used sometimes. You know, Mythbusters used it regularly. I substitute your re- or I reject your reality and substitute my own. Yeah, it's playing by a different rule set. Yeah, yeah. They so, don't they don't want to argue on the on the right side of the field. They they want you to argue on their side of the field. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. And from their side of the field, like this makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's lunacy to other people. Of course. But it doesn't have to be make 
a lot of sense to them because that's the whole fucking point. Like, we've got different viewpoints. We've got different ways to view the world. So why the hell are we trying to cram 330 million people together into some cohesive mass that is almost completely impossible to happen? Yeah. The one thing I, I use regularly as an example whenever I'm having this kind of conversation with somebody, and this is going to go back to secession a little bit, is this is one of the few times where using Europe as an example makes sense. Europe is roughly the landmass of the United States. I think it's a little smaller, right? but it's roughly the same landmass, right? Yeah. As the contiguous United States, so the lower 48, not counting Alaska and Hawaii. Um, so roughly the same kind of landmass, give or take a little. And there's what, like 60, 70 countries in Europe? Yep. All with Something their like that? Yeah, unique uh, ways of doing things, their own cultures, yeah. everything else. Different ways of doing things, different cultures, most of the time, different fucking languages altogether. Right. Like they are different peoples. Why, why do we think, and, and, and there are less people in Europe than there is in the lower 48 of the U.S. Right. Like both landmass and population, it is a little bit smaller than the U.S. Why in the name of God do we think the U.S., for some weird fucking reason, the U.S. also, let us not forget, the land of immigrants. Yes. <laughs> can somehow be a cohesive mass, but Europe can't. Like, yeah. I mean, look at all the goddamn problems with the European Union. Oh, yeah. And, and, and people in this country regularly and rightly criticize the European Union as trying to make a unified, single European government where it will not work because you've got too many people who are too different from one another. Yeah. Trying to like, fit that it, square US, peg in a round hole. You know, exactly. Just, just the not U.S. is that, but so much worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, that's why it's called the United States as, as in a plural, mm -hmm. you know, it's not United State. Yeah. yeah. But you, yeah, exactly. Point that out to well, people. And, and it's like, uh, mm -hmm. oh, you just want slaves again. I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, I, I very much so don't. In fact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They can't get, I've, I've talked to people from New York before and I was like, all right, now you guys like to dunk on Texans all the time as being, you know, slow and Southern and everything. Uh, you, you know, you dumb yokels basically. Yeah. Why don't, why don't you guys just, you know, be your own thing and, you know, secede. And, uh, as soon as the conversation turns, I was like, oh, you just wanted to get slaves again. It's like, come on, man, level one thinking. Try to yes, progress. That is clearly what I want to do. I want to have slaves again. Right. Yeah. Me, the guy who sometimes struggles to feed his own actual family. Right. I want to own other people, yes. so I have to try and feed them as well. Yeah. Shut up. And provide all of their medical care and yeah, everything that would go along with owning chattel yeah. slavery. Yeah, that, that's yeah. very clearly what I want to do. Yes. Or maybe I just don't want your stupid ass trying to tell me what to do from 2,000 miles away when you don't have – when you probably couldn't find my home on a fucking map. Yeah, correctly. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I can mention like the town that I live in and some people is like, wait, where's that? And then you just have to give like the next biggest city. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, well, it's... See, and for me, for me, I live in North Dakota. Like, unless it's Fargo, nobody knows where the fuck it is. Yeah. 
it's out there somewhere. And even then, they're only getting kind of vaguely correct as yeah. to where it's at. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's uh, it's out there somewhere. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere by Minnesota, right? Yes, yes, it is practically all. I of mean, <laughs> two two hundred miles worth of North Dakota border is right next to Minnesota, so you know that's a bit of space. Yeah. All right, you're in the general vicinity. Uh, at least you got that part right. Yeah. <laughs> or you just be like me and just uh, confuse the de- the different Dakotas together, and then uh, just, well, just see. And and that's the other thing is like, you know, and you know me. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> you know that's the other thing. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and, but some random person be like, "The where now? Is that the one with Mount Rushmore?" It very much so is not. No, that's the other Thank one. You know. <laughs> That's the other one, and uh, I've been to Mount Rushmore. Kind of unimpressive. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I, the pictures I saw of it, it was much nicer before they started carving idiot faces into it. Yeah, I was like, probably the mountain probably looked a lot better when there wasn't bloodthirsty tyrants on the front of it. Um. Uh, yeah, there there are some pictures from before they started um, the the carving in of the faces, yeah. and it was a beautiful mountain. Yeah, and it's been. Uh, pretty well fucking ruined by that bullshit. Yeah. So, I mean, even if you look at the faces, like down in front of it, there's all of the stuff that chipped away from it that they didn't clean. Yeah, up. all the rubble. Yeah. still. it's just piled there. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's fantastic, guys. Yeah, that wasn't intentional. It was like they were chipping and then threw a rock away. <laughs> yeah. And then just kept pitching them down there and didn't bother to pick them up afterwards. Yeah, because he's like, gonna uh, move a couple tons of boulders. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I don't necessarily blame them, but at the same time, uh, maybe you should just, I don't know, not do that right. in the first place. Yeah. Was, wasn't it the uh, the Sioux tribe? It was like, uh, it's like, guys, don't do this. This is like a sacred place for us. And Well, <laughs> so <laughs> it's not just the Sioux. Yeah, there was a lot of tri- different uh, tribes up there. The yeah. Sioux were the most recent ones. It was them and the... I want to say the Cheyenne that uh, that mountain changed hands more or less several times over the centuries as to who yeah. kind of possessed it. And it was sacred to both of them. So they've kind of, I think, and, and you know, I'm obviously not way up on, most of the Native American tribal politics not being Native American right, or anything like that. But um, I think the, the whomever it is, I, and like I said, I think it's the, the Cheyenne and the Sioux have kind of a very tenuous truce when it comes to the Black Hills at the moment, because right now they're, they're both just kind of like, yeah, let's, how about we just get these assholes out of our, sacred place and then we'll figure out the rest of that afterwards right right yeah it's a that's a gigantic uh can of worms that you don't really want to oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah well i mean and the reality of it is is especially out here on on the northern plains is like man everything having to do with the tribes up here has always been a giant can of worms even long before white people got out here yeah like it, it's just, yeah, it's, it's been, <laughs> there's some history out here 
And there's a many, many centuries of bad blood between some of these tribes. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's definitely true. When I was, uh, I was born in Nebraska and lived in Iowa for a little bit. So mm-hmm. yeah, the, you would hear all different kinds of stuff. Uh, and a lot of it, you know, the Sioux is kind of like at the center of, of most of it. It seems. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah that's because the, the Sioux were the predominant, um, more nomadic warrior like yeah. tribe of the, the great Northern Plains. Cause like the Mandan Hidatsa and Arikara is another, well, the, the three affiliated tribes up here now, but it's the Mandan Hidatsa and Arikara. Um, they were much more sedentary. Well, not sedentary, but, um, yeah, they, they, had like they a were place that they would go back yeah, to. Yeah. They, they had, they had permanent villages. They were, uh, more agricultural. Yeah. You know, they actually worked the land and grew crops, that kind of thing. Um, whereas the Sioux, like the Sioux followed the buffalo herds. Yeah. Bison herds, but same difference. Yeah. But yeah, they, they followed the bison herds around. Like they were nomadic hunter gatherer herders. Yeah. And if your little deal. village just happened to be in the way. Um... Yeah. Well, well, that's just it. I mean, when you're constantly having to, uh, fight for life against a couple tons of meat, muscle, and anger. Right. You know, you kind of kind of get a little bit of a chip on your shoulder and you, you get a little more warlike. Yeah. So they were definitely that way. Um, the Chippewa up north, I think this branch of Chippewa were mostly uh, stationary as well. They were more agricultural. Yeah. Yeah. Fun, fun stuff. I mean, oh yeah, whole books have been written about it, and they don't even begin to scratch the sur- surface of it. No, so yeah, it goes, yeah, it goes deep. Yeah, and uh, kind yeah, of the it definitely uh, does. yeah, kind of the uh, the strange thing about it is still a lot of their history is verbal. Like you've yeah. got to sit and talk to somebody and mm-hmm. get get what they know. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, at least out here, it's a little a little less so like there's still a lot of kind of oral traditions type of thing. Yeah. But it's sort of, from my understanding of it, again, not being a member of the tribes, I very well could be wrong. So if there are any uh, members of the Northern Plains tribes who are listening to this, I'm getting shit wrong. Well, don't yell at me too hard. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess send me your hate mail, but I also would like to, to know more anyway, because the, the tribal histories fascinate the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, but from my understanding, a lot of the, the old traditions and so forth are kind of, uh, almost entered like a hybrid state where some of it is starting to get recorded. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of it's getting recorded, but it's being kept secret still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So it's not being disseminated widely and it's still being taught from elder to younger and so forth, but it is also being written down and then just guarded. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I, I don't blame yeah, him at all. Makes sense. Yeah. Like, no, absolutely not. I think it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, to be a fly on the wall. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Hey, Rebel. Uh, yes, Harry. I'm drinking your scotch, buddy. God damn it, Harry. We'll be right back. (sighs) 
Harry, are you fucking asleep? Uh, what, what, what? Hit the button. We're back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. So uh, let's see. We started off with Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ended up on uh, Tribal Lance. Talked about Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Se- <Yeah>. Secession. <laughs> I guess now. Uh, I guess now we can get into. Uh, yeah. I guess now we can get into cooking. <laughs> sure. So, um, my recent uh, discovery has been mm-hmm. smoker tubes. Do you know anything about smoker tubes? Smoker tubes? Oh, yeah. Maybe, but I might have heard them by a different name. Describe it to me. Okay, so it's uh, just a, a steel tube that you can put those mm-hmm. uh, little wood pellets in instead uh-huh. of forking over $900 for a pellet wood grill. And you can just use uh, the smoker tube. That's kind tube. of an inexpensive one. Yeah, and then uh, you can use that, uh, the smoker tube itself, in place uh, if you've got like a gas grill or a charcoal grill. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you Yeah, I've seen things. I've seen things like that before. Yeah. So I've like taken a YouTube deep dive. So it's like some guy was like, yeah, this thing is like 25 bucks. You, you spend another $30 on wood pellets and you can smoke oh, yeah. something for a couple hours and get the same results. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, well, this is just perfect. I must acquire. <laughs> yeah. Because, Pretty much. I mean, oh, go ahead. Sorry about that. Oh, no, I was going to say, because, you know, smoking food, I could you name a better way to preserve something, you know, other than uh, turning it into jerky no. or, yeah, freeze drying? Well, I mean, and, and turning it into jerky, most of the time, that's how they did it in the first place. Yeah. Is it would be, I mean, it wouldn't be like in an enclosed smoker like we use now for barbecuing. Yeah. You know, going back to the to the uh, Native American tribes, yeah. and not just the Native American tribes, but you know, you'd you'd have these big wooden racks that you'd put over a a very low fire, you know, which is basically just coals, yeah, and a very smoky but low fire, and then you'd have these racks of thinly sliced meat or fish or whatever, and they'd just kind of hang over it, and then the smoke would rise up through it, and it would kind of help cure and preserve and dry and uh flavor and all that kind of thing yeah because it's been a common tech or technique for i don't know probably 10 15 000 years at this juncture for humans yeah as soon as we uh, discovered fire i guess pretty much well maybe not quite that long but shortly thereafter yeah, I would have loved to have been around for the first caveman to like accidentally drop like a piece of deer or something on a fire. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, that is that is the one thing that I'm very curious. Like, how did that leap occur? Like, was it accident? Was it because the other thing I can very easily see is it just you know a curiosity? Like, huh? I wonder what would happen to this chunk of meat if I put it in this fire. Yeah. You know, if I try and reach into the fire, it hurts, but this thing is dead. I wonder what would happen. Yeah. Put chunk of meat near fire. Wait a little while. Huh. That smells really good. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Ooh, it tastes really good. (laughs) No. So I I could see it being curiosity because, I mean, that is one of the I, I would say one of the defining traits and characteristics of being a human is, is a curious. Yeah. Just being naturally curious of, of your surroundings mm-hmm. and how exactly. things work. Yeah, exactly. So, so I could see it being that, and I could also see it being an accident, you know, dropping it, 
and or or setting it down near the fire thinking you're going to pick it up in in a minute and continue eating right but then something else happens you get distracted and then you come back to it and like oh no i forgot my meat you go over and pick it up it's like huh wait a minute it's warm (laughs) but not too hot smells real good (laughs) light Ooh, you know like there's so many ways that i can see this well not so many and there's several ways though that i could see it kind of occurring so it'd be real interesting to see (laughs) how that really did start and then how it started to disseminate the same with um the stone tools yeah yeah that's another one of those things that it's like looking back on it knowing what we know like it's very obvious but prior to that not a damn thing obvious about it yeah primitive man wasn't wasn't gonna know it's like okay well i've ran this elephant off the side of a mountain and now it's dead right some of it's split open so i guess i can get in there and start ripping the meat and stuff out of it just kind of tearing yeah and then they're just looking around and it's like uh all right i guess that thing looks kind of sharp (laughs) yeah well and and that's the other thing too is like you, you you can make the assumption that there would be that stage of well okay um prehistoric cats and wolves and so forth and even humans to a degree because they had slightly pointier teeth right you know okay they're, they're kind of sharp you can tear and rend with them okay so you can you can tear off chunks of meat with teeth so maybe those were some of the very first cutting tools is teeth of uh dead cats or something that they found you know canines they yeah. use those to kind of make small and probably not very good incisions but it would be better than nothing yeah you know and and then and then that happens. So like, okay, so how did they determine, okay, these rocks can get fucking sharp, actually. <laughs> well, like, did they, did they, did somebody fall on a sharp rock, you know, that had been naturally broken and, and sharpened? Yeah. And, and then go, oh my God, this is so sharp. I bet you I could cut through this elephant, this deer, whatever. And then sure enough, oh my God, it does. Well, you know, once you make that initial discovery of like, okay, this kind of rock I know can be broken and become very sharp. Yeah. So so now, okay, there's another one of those rocks. Okay, now how the hell do I break it to make it sharp? And so that's when the experimentation starts. But how did you get that first step? Yeah. Very first one. Because if you think about it, that was a giant leap from pointy stick. Yeah. You know? Well, and and even pointy stick, like how do you, how do you make the leap to pointy stick? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like there's a man. It it's a real fascinating thing to think about. You know, how did hyper primitive man think? You know, discover these things? Yeah, that's uh that's one thing that will kind of bake your noodle, and you also have to realize just how old you know, hominids are, you know, yeah. you start going back into some of the history and, you know, that's like millions of years and not mm-hmm. all of it was, you know, monkey swinging from trees and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. And even something that would be indisputably recognizable as man. Yeah. Like that's still, 
what, like 10, 15,000 years ago. Yep. Something like that. Like that's a long ass time ago. Yeah. And Neanderthals, which, uh, you know, most of us white people <laughs> have some of that Neanderthal DNA. Yeah. Has, you know, another hundred thousand years before that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Supposedly anyway, uh, we're yeah. all a bunch of Neanderthals and I really don't care one way or the other, to be honest. Like I, I am what I am now. And yeah. Yeah. And that's one of those, one of those other things that I find very funny and it's, you know, people trying to use that as some kind of cudgel against you. It's like, Oh yeah, well your ancestors were Neanderthals. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, so what <laughs> do you think I am? Yeah. Do you think you're smarter than I am for some reason? Neil? <laughs> Cause if, if so, well then that's a discussion we can have, but uh, like what happened in my bloodline a hundred thousand years ago was pretty much irrelevant to who I am right now. Yeah. Doesn't really make one difference one way or the other. No. Yeah. Hell, this, what happened in my bloodline a hundred years ago yeah, is yeah. barely relevant. <laughs> yeah. That's the, uh, the big problem I have with the, uh, the race realist crowd, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. so now what are we doing with this information? <laughs> yeah. You know, what's step like, two? <laughs> yeah. A lot of it's very interesting is kind of just, you know, statistical observations or, you know, trend, maybe, you know, things like that. Like, it, it's interesting, perhaps. Right. But, okay, then what? Yeah, what's, yeah, what's know, the, the next one step? They, they always like to use, well, black people have, on average, a 15-point lower IQ. Okay. And? And? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it's like... I know plenty of really fucking stupid white people, too, so... Yeah, tons I don't of them. give a shit. Tons of them yeah, out there. <laughs> yeah, a whole lot of them, millions of them, even. Right. <laughs> so you know, I don't care. Yeah, it's just it's like one of those things. It's like this. Okay, you're pointing something out to me. What are you yeah. really getting at? Yeah, I mean, you might as well just be saying black people are on average taller than white people. It's like, yes, they are. Yeah. Okay, so. Like, I don't give a shit. And to be fair, I don't even necessarily, you know, the whole IQ thing is just a whole nother ball of fucking garbage in the first place. Cause it's like, oh yeah. And it's such like, a bullshit statistic. Who gives a flying fuck? Yeah. And how, I especially love how they like to give themselves cover. And it's like, well, you know, Asian people, you know, they have the highest. So if I was really a white supremacist, I, I would uh, hate myself. And you're like, yeah. Uh, okay. Because well, I'm I'm yeah. inferior to Asians and them Jews. Oh yes. The Ashkenazis are also much have a much higher. It's like, <laughs> it's like guys, God, shut up. It's like settle just down. Shut up. Just settle down. Just shut up, all of you. <laughs> just go do your little inbred ethno state someplace and leave the rest of us alone. Crying right. out loud. Right. Nobody cares anymore. Which is well, uh, that's not true. Yeah. Which is one of the of uh, care. yeah, which is one of the uh, pluses of having anarchy is, you know, if you want to have your little uh, ethno state over there, and as long as you're not aggressing against me, you know, have at it. I guess I don't <laughs> give a shit. Because guess what? I will take in all of the black, brown, yellow, and red people that you uh, expel from your borders. I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> give them a place to live. So I'll do business with them happily. Yeah, because. Uh, 
you know, their money is green or, you know, gold and silver or Bitcoin at that point. So whatever yeah. ones and zero doesn't matter. <laughs> so yeah, it's all, it's all kind of crazy. So anyways, uh, back to smoker tubes that I, I finally yeah, says, sorry a, about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. We digress. Uh, yes. So the one thing I love about this is this is a free market success story. So somebody needs to call mm-hmm. Rollo. And uh, I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to spend $900 on a smoker grill when I can just buy this little cheap tube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even if it doesn't work, it's 20 bucks. You know? Yeah. And that's definitely. And then you find somebody with a pellet grill and you give them your leftover pellets if it didn't work. Yeah. Like whatever. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, just throw the pellets on the charcoal, I guess. But uh... <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I was just like, I have done a, a serious deep dive and there's like all different kinds. So they've got like extendable oh, sure. ones and <laughs> I, I'm sure of that. Yeah, that's I am 100 percent sure of that. Like, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that I'm very torn because as I'm sure a number of your listeners know, because I'm sure a number of your listeners know who I am, but some right. of them won't for their benefit. I am, um, of course, a professional chef. Yes, have been for about twenty years. So, needless to say, I'm kind of interested in cooking and advancements and technology for it and things like that and <laughs> whatnot. But, uh, man, I tell you what: sometimes these fucking fads that pop up because of some YouTuber or whatever. Yeah, I'm just like, I hate every last one of you. Just stop. <laughs> Stop. Like the, the one a few years ago that became a huge trend for a little while. It, it's not so big of a fad anymore, though you, it is still much more popular than it was prior to it becoming a fad. Was uh, everybody was sous vide everything. Oh, yes. Sous-vide-ing. Yeah. Like, oh, you, you just got to sous vide it. You got to sous vide it. You got to sous vide it. You got to shut the fuck up. No, you don't. Every last one of you. No, you don't. <laughs> It's like I can stick a steak in the oven, you know, at a low temperature for a little bit and then sear it and get almost the exact same results. Yeah. <laughs> As a sous vide. It's just reverse sear. Yeah. Just God, I hate all of you. Stop it. <laughs> Learn how to cook. That's what you need to do. Right. Yeah, the other one that drives me nuts is uh macarons. You know, everyone's gotta have like that perfect little macaron cookie and everything, and it's gotta look, you know, smooth as glass. And then I found one guy on YouTube who made some and they look like dog shit, but he goes, but these taste great. And I don't care if they're not smooth. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes. Well, yeah. Because, <laughs> because those are, uh, I mean, it's, it, if I remember right, cause I haven't made them in ages. Right. Cause I don't care that much about them. Yeah. But if I remember right, there are another one of those things that involves meringue to do. Yeah. And it's, you know, don't get me wrong. A nice meringue is really nice on some things, and it's very lovely when you get it right. But you know what? It's a pain in the dick. Yeah, it's kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> so, fuck that noise. It's like somebody, you know, it's like, if you want to show off, oh, you can make a souffle. Or, I could not kill myself. Right. Because, fuck souffles. And fuck anything that involves meringues and whipped up egg whites and all this crap. Well, maybe not anything, but most things. Right. Just like, screw that noise. It's a pain in the dick. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's like, you know, if you're looking for like a lemon meringue pie, okay, go get it somewhere. If you're going to make it yourself, 
Don't bother. Uh, you know, some, something like that, that's not too big of a deal because, I mean, it's it's basically just making a lemon custard pie. Right. And then you make a meringue and you put it on top of it and you torch it real lightly. Like, no big deal. Right. Something like that. Love it. Do it. Awesome. But, you know, some of the all these other things where you need to fold it in very carefully. And yeah. Do all this other shit. And I'm just like, yeah, or I could not do that. I, and I think I'm going to not do that. I will find something else. Yeah, that was what was so funny about his video. And he goes, and then once you folded in all these egg whites and flour and sugar and everything, you want to get out a, a piping bag. And then he goes, no, we're just going to use a, a device that we've been using for a long time. It's called a spoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, man, this exactly. guy's my spirit animal. Look at him go. Yeah. And, and I'm with him on that. Like, do they taste good? Yes. Do they look Okay. Yes, good. I'm done. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, that's fine. You know, things like that, I just don't give a shit. I, I'm not going after a Michelin star here, you know. No, any a number of them. <laughs> I'm not even going for one. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I mean, that even a single Michelin star is something to to be kind of impressed by. Right. I mean, they they only go up to three. Yeah. Unless they've changed their rating system, which I don't believe they have. Uh, I can't really find anything on it. So maybe three is like the, the highest. But, yeah. Uh, it, that's how it used to be at any rate. I know for, for certain it used to be that it was a one, two and a three star rating, which means if you got three Michelin stars, you had the creme de la creme of restaurants. And that's also why in some of these places, man, like no joke, you know, you know, the, uh, you've seen the movie Ratatouille, right? Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, where the, the restaurateur killed himself or died right after he lost a Michelin star or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. That's how the movie started. Yeah, that's a thing that actually happens, or at least happened sometimes. Yeah. Like no, a, I can... a, chef, a chef would have like a three Michelin star restaurant or a two Michelin star restaurant. They'd lose one for some reason, and then they'd kill themselves. Yeah. it's like, uh... Legitimately has happened. <laughs> oh, no, it's... It... Even if you're thinking about it, I'm pretty sure you can look up the history of Michelin star and find just such a case. And if the guy didn't kill himself, you know, he was like depressed for several months and wouldn't oh, come out and no, speak to anybody. And I, I know for, for a fact that there have been, I mean, it's not exactly like it happens every single time that occurs. Right. Then again, a lot of the times, once you've gotten those stars, you don't tend to lose them. Yeah. Very true. Um, but yeah, there have been instances where someone had, you know, a high rated restaurant. Usually it was in France specifically. Yeah. And then they'd lost a star. And so then the chef killed himself. It's tragic. Tragic. But uh, yeah, well, those fucking frogs are lunatics, though. So uh, I can understand <laughs> that. Yeah, you're not, not going to get a complaint out of me on that one. So, so. You. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I could only imagine. You want, to, yeah. and we want to, we want to say that uh, statum is a is a religion. You know, some of the <laughs> French chefs, holy shit, those those guys are a whole thing onto themselves. <laughs> Especially the old guard of French chefs. I mean, maybe maybe they're not quite so bad anymore, but who, who, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is a uh, there. There is a level of pride in their work that I'm just never going to attain. So, <laughs> you could say that, yes. <laughs> uh, psychotic 
uh, pride in their work. Maybe. That's, uh, yes. Yeah, that's just the thing. I didn't, for a long time, I didn't even know that there was like a one or two or a three star because everyone just says Michelin star rated, and they mm-hmm. don't don't really say you know. But uh, well, yeah, I guess if you had to attain some kind of supremacy over somebody else, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was uh one of the main sticking points with uh, Gordon Ramsay because I've watched a whole bunch of his stuff and his is mm-hmm. theatrics, but uh, it's, it's hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you've ever if you're a fan of, and this is the one thing that actually kind of bugs me a little bit about Ramsay is uh, the earlier days of his programs while they were first over on just the BBC, yeah, before they had come over here, like the F word and and all that. Not even the F word. Because the F word was after he had done some of Kitchen Nightmares here in the U.S. Oh, okay. It was before he got any U.S. popularity. Like if you watch some of the very first Kitchen Nightmares, which were in, in the U.K., like he was, I mean, he didn't take any shit from anybody. Right. But he was actually pretty calm. There wasn't a lot of yelling unless somebody was being a real dumbass. Right. But it usually took a bit for him to get worked up to that level, you know, and, and he, like I said, he, he, he didn't take any bullshit, but at the same time, he wasn't, he wasn't the maniac you see on television now. And I'm pretty sure that he, he blew his top once or twice on one of those programs and people responded very positively because it's like, Oh my God, this, this guy's so, so intense. It's so cool watching him just tear into these idiots. And so then the production companies basically went to him and went, you need to do more of that, more of that. Yeah. Our ratings are through the fucking roof. It's like, yeah, we could sell this. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I am pretty much a hundred percent sure that uh, a lot of that is him putting on a persona for the camera now. Yeah. And, and the other, the other way I can tell you can see that is look at any of the times he's done like the master chef juniors or something like that with the kids. Okay. He's not screaming and hollering at the kids. Yeah. No, no. He is also probably one of the most gentle and encouraging and uplifting human beings I have ever seen with these children. Right. You know, I mean, when, when they need critique, he, he's, he's not afraid to give it to them. But he's not mean about it. He's just like, okay, so here's what you did really, really good. And I like this. You need to make sure you continue doing this. But here's the one thing where where I think you need a little bit of work. And you know what? If you try this, I think it'll probably work better for you. So, you know, in the future, keep that in mind when you're when you're doing stuff like this. Right. Like just super supportive, super nice, great dude. I mean, they're kids, so it's a little easier to do, too. But, you know, nonetheless, it's like, that is much more, I think, of the kind of guy he is. Again, he doesn't take any bullshit, but. Yeah, he's going to, hey, yeah, kind of before all that, you can kind of see you. It's it's like, look, I'm I'm here to help. And if you're not going to accept my help and you're going to act like a jerk, then get ready. (laughs) Yeah. Buckle up, because I'm about to yell and. Use a yeah. manner of expletives you probably never heard before and make you wear the food that you brought me. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. well, now, anyway. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would that was not, like I said, that was not the original Kitchen Nightmares. 
I've seen a fair bit of it. And, you know, like I said, he, he got a little worked up, but he didn't cuss hardly at all. Yeah. And it was a lot more acceptable to cuss on British television. Yeah. I mean, you can show tits on British TV. so yes. And you can actually outright swear on a lot of it. Right. So, you know, the fact that he didn't do a, very much of it, like <laughs> it wasn't because of the censors, man. Well, it was just, you know, he wasn't doing that. And then, uh, all of a sudden it just, I guess it took that one episode. Yeah. Or something. I don't know what, or, or it might've just been, you know, he, the, the British episode started getting a little bit of popularity over here in the U S just somebody, uh, you know, thought, Hey, I bet you we could do an entire several seasons over in the U S and it'd probably go well. And, and people were like, you know, and, and again, production companies are probably like, look, it's an American audience. They, they like things a little bit rowdier. So, you know, Dial it up a couple notches, man. Sure. That's probably what they did with uh, Donald Trump on The Apprentice. You know. <laughs> probably. Although I doubt they had to really talk him into very much of that because that guy's a fucking narcissist. <laughs> Holy Jesus. E- extreme, extreme narcissist. Yeah. Because I'm under the impression that a lot of us are narcissists to some varying degree, you know, but uh, with, that oh, yeah. guy, with that guy. Oh. Yeah, I mean, everybody's, well, maybe not everybody, but a large number of people are a little bit self-centered. Right. You know, they are a little full of themselves in some way or another. And and that's fine. But, whew, man, that guy loves himself real bad. Yeah, I guess the difference is a lot of us will kind of recognize when we're kind of being a little bit too into ourselves. <laughs> and then we'll just yeah. say, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm being a little stupid here. <laughs> Maybe I should dial this back a notch. Yeah. I was like, I can definitely not tell him. people want to leave the party. Uh, yeah, not him. He's like, huh, people seem to don't, people don't seem to realize how great I am. I need to kick it up a couple notches. Right. Ah, Donald. It's like, no. How just, about you don't do that, buddy? Yeah. just How about you don't do that? Maybe lay off the pseudofedrin, you know, from the cough medicine. <laughs> yeah, something. I don't fucking know. That's still one of my favorite Maybe. conspiracy theories about him. <laughs> Wait, what's this now? Okay, so there was a picture uh, a while back, and I want to say it was maybe just after the election. He had an open okay. drawer in his desk, and there was a whole bunch of cough medicine with the pseudofedrin in it. Okay. And so so the conspiracy theory is is that he's just taking this cough medicine just to stay hopped up all, all day. <laughs> he doesn't really need it. I mean, I could see it. Yeah. <laughs> and some of us kind of going, you know, <laughs> when he's yeah. down, he's down. <laughs> so, yeah, there's been a few and speeches where you can definitely tell something has just worn off and he's about to crash. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, on the flip side, too, though, I, I will give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. Um, he is. I mean, everything I have ever seen, read, heard from anybody who's ever had any kind of contact with him is like, that dude goes Yeah, Yeah, he's got one speed and it's 100. Yeah. Yeah. Like, to think, you can say whatever the hell you want about him. You can say his, his worth that he keeps touting is mostly made up and whatever, like, that's fine. I don't care. It's irrelevant 
that man does work his ass off. Yep. So, yeah. you know, at least got to give him that. I mean, yeah. And talk about putting on a performance. Anybody I mean, who's it'd watched- be nice if he. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, if anybody's watched it, he's just uh, doing stand up when yeah. he's giving a speech. Pretty much. Pretty much. And he's funnier than a lot of stand up comedians, too. Yeah. I mean, he's got the timing Which down, is- and you know, oh, he, yeah. can, he can run out a quick little quip, and uh, it's just going to leave you breathless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's been an entertaining four years, that's for sure. Yeah. Hoofta. So, I mean, one thing I will give him is like, I like it when he dunks on the media because they deserve it. <laughs> I mean, yes. but, uh, I mean, as far as everything else, it's like, yeah, I, I get it. Lefties, uh, orange man is bad. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I totally get you there, mm. but you got to understand <laughs> CNN doing the things that they've doing and Jim Acosta in particular, you know, it's, I'm that fucking idiot. they deserve every single time when he calls them fake, fake news, fake media. So, I mean, it's they're just not Jim Acosta. Oh, Jim yeah. Acosta is another man who is just way more into himself than he really should be. <laughs> so that's the problem. Just two big narcissists they collide. You know. <laughs> yeah. Although, man, I tell you what, listening to Acosta is fucking hilarious. Oh yeah. Because this guy is such an idiot. <laughs> I was like, uh, it's like most of them, you know, Don Lemon, oh, yeah. not very all, all that intelligent. Uh, Jim Acosta, very not bright at all. Uh, and even yeah. on the Fox News side, you know, Sean, Sean Hannity, oh, just a dunce. Oh, God. <laughs> I would love to launch Sean Hannity into a goddamn son. <laughs> oh, man. That man drives me straight up a wall and he always has. <laughs> From even from his days back when he was on CNN, yeah, that was Kennedy and Combs or whatever the hell it was. Oh yeah, Alan Combs. It's like let's find the thickest uh, lefty that we can that won't really stick up for himself. (laughs) Yep, man. And Hannity was far more tolerable back then, and I still just and and I was kind of like a. You know, at that time, I would say I was kind of Republican-ish at any rate. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny because pretty much throughout my whole life, I've never really been, I've never really been super political to begin with. Right. And then even when I was, it was kind of like, well, what they're saying kind of makes sense but it kind of doesn't. And what these guys are saying kind of makes sense and it kind of doesn't. I'm uh, just like, I, I was pretty much homeless politically my entire life, I would say. Yeah, just didn't have that one spot that you kind of fit in. Yeah. I was mostly kind of the same way. You know, it's a late 90s after I got out of the army, it's like, okay, well, Republicans are full of shit. Democrats are you definitely full of shit. Uh <laughs> I was like, oh, well, there's this thing over here called the Constitution Party. I like the Constitution. Let me go find out what that's all about. And then you just find out they're full of shit. And it's just a gigantic Republican circle jerk. And uh, they're just like, okay, well, I definitely don't want 
people to be harmed, and I'm really sick and tired of government stealing shit from people. Oh, here's the Libertarian Party, and then you get involved in that, and it's like, oh, this is full of shit. Cool. Too. <laughs> you guys are so much worse than I thought you were. Yeah. Yeah, you Which, get to, get to overhear some of the, like the big wigs talk about stuff, and you're like, oh, you guys are controlled opposition, just straight up. <laughs> Which, speaking of, I gotta say, Mr. Theodore, yeah, crowdfunded government here lately, yeah, just taking a big old shit all over everybody in the LP has been hilarious. Yeah, yeah, you know, rightly so, rightly so. Oh, absolutely, but it, it's hysterical because he was one of those guys that was he, he was very much on their side yeah like very much on their side and he has gone completely the opposite direction here in like record time yeah he went from i'm on your side i'm on your side to fuck you die in a fire in like two <laughs> seconds pretty much it was hilarious yeah, and people have really had scrunched up faces over it <laughs> it's been kind of fun to watch really yeah, uh, there's uh, so the no libertarians or, under one thousand thing that trended oh, on Twitter. Yeah, so God, that yeah, I got a whole bunch of follows off of that, and uh, I hope people are listening. And then they decide maybe political process isn't going to be the savior you think it is. Uh, yeah, all of those people just you know once they uh, found out who uh, Theodore Quinoa, as he likes to call himself now, once they found him, it was like, oh, this guy is just an asshole. He's a, you know, I was like, yep. Yep, that's our Teddy. <laughs> yeah. Except he's not really an asshole. He's, well, I mean, he is a little bit, but. Well, I mean, you can't come from Chicago and not be a little bit of a dick. Yeah. Exactly. Must be uh, that lake yeah, effect that, snow. <laughs> that has been, there has been some funny shit happening on the old, on the old timeline here lately. It's, whew, it's been wild. Yeah, just the last couple of days, it's been just filled up with the Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, gnashing of oh, teeth God. and wailing of. <laughs> it's like, guys, come on. The one the, go since we're back on that again, I I do have to comment. The thing I have probably found the absolute most hilarious about all of this bullshit has been the fucking ivory tower elite check oh, types yeah. on the left going if you nominate somebody if they push this person through blah 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 blah, all this crap we're gonna burn it all down there's gonna be a war and all that crap i'm just like you guys did you see that one old lady get uh ratioed up the ass oh yes i'll be on the front lines really really barbara you're gonna be on the front lines linda her name was linda linda barbara and linda is famous now (laughs) and not in a good way I will have to hand it to her by the time I saw that tweet, which is a good 24 hours later. She hadn't padlocked or deleted it or anything. No, she's still, <laughs> she's still asked to the wind on that one. Yeah, she's and like, and I got to give her some credit for that one. <laughs> I got to give her some credit for that one. But who, buddy? Yeah, we can't even get Libertarian Party Stooges to uh, keep their tweets uh, unpadlocked yeah. when, they, when they get called out on their stupid shit. So it's, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, no, I, I, I'll give her that much. She's got some balls to her. <laughs> like she is being made fun of real hard. And she's just like, whatever, bring it on, bitches. Like, all right, maybe you will be on the front lines, Linda. And you know what? Maybe I will actually be worried about you. Yeah. Yeah. She pulled a Stanley from the office. Did I stutter? 
pretty much. Yeah. It's like, all right, you do it then, lady. That's like, all right, go for it. Yeah. The, the, the ivory tower elites, though, are the ones that are just making me laugh. Oh, yeah. The like, most important election of our lifetime. No, no, no. It, it's the one specifically saying that there's going to be a civil war. We're going to burn it down and all oh, that yeah. crap. Just like, you guys aren't going to do shit. It's like, go for it. <laughs> but, well, no, they specifically <laughs> won't do a fucking thing. No, they, they won't. They might try no. and whip up a mob to do it. Right. Because these are the, the ivory tower elites. Like, man, they don't. This is going to be dangerous yeah. and perilous. And many of you may die, but that's a price that I'm willing to pay. It, it's fucking Farquad from Shrek. Yeah. It's, like, that's what they all are. Sometimes it's uh, even Zap Brannigan. It's Brannigan's love. Yep, that too. Same difference. Make I mean. a note. We will send wave after wave after wave. <laughs> it's just no real yeah, strategy. It's the exact same thing. Like it, and those two guys are supposed to be caricatures, right? That's what they're actually like. It's supposed to be comedy, but no, these are <laughs> real people. Yep. Uh, so terrible. I guess that's a, a pretty good place to drop it off for today. Uh, what what plugs can you drop right here? Okay, what drop? What plugs can I drop right here? Well, you can follow me on Twitter, as we have mentioned. Throughout the course of this, I am there. The mutton um, chops at, alone are worth it. Yeah. It is at Barbary of, all one word, B-A-R-B-A-R-Y-O-F. Um, you'll know it's me when it's the weird guy standing in a yard, bare-chested with a kilt. That's, that's definitely me. Um, the best profile picture to date, by the way, I just have to say. <laughs> With that, I said that's your best profile picture to date, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Um, and then I have a website which is thestatelesscook.com. So that's all one word as well. Uh, and that's where I keep my blog. You can find links there to all of my everything else as well. I've got a YouTube channel that I need to do more stuff on here, which I should be doing something here soon. Um, I've been kind of busy this summer, as I'm sure you've seen and yeah. many others have seen. I've been doing the farmer's market up here pretty regularly throughout the summer, so that's been keeping me pretty busy. Yeah, it and looks like you're being pretty successful with it, too. So It's been fantastic, let me tell you. Yeah. I have loved the shit out of every second of it too. I've made some good money, had a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's been great. Make those contacts. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. And yeah, that's pretty much it for the plugs. Like those are the two things, the website, the statelesscook.com and my Twitter. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot for uh, being on. Uh, I know we both kind of like dropped the ball on the, on the time thing. So we both got in here a few minutes late, but that's okay. Yes. <laughs> all right man we'll take it easy we'll see you around on the timeline okay absolutely thanks for having me on eric all right no problem michael take it easy all right bye-bye all right and there he goes stateless cook everybody that was a pretty fun conversation uh glad that we finally got it uh he was a he was a blast to hang out with at uh, childerberg so at childerberg tree when it comes up may 29th uh definitely be there 
So it's going to be a fun time. So you can find him at all of his uh, plugs down below in the show notes because we're all checking the show notes, right? Wink, wink. Uh, if you could, please leave a rating and review of the podcast on Apple Podcast. Uh, a good portion, almost half of my audience listens on Apple Podcasts. So if you could leave a rating and review, that would just be awesome. Speaking of awesome, I have some love to give around. That's right, some love. Uh, so I want to thank the following people for uh, helping to support the show with a uh, wonderful donation or purchase of merch and everything. Uh, so first on the list, it's Britty. That's right, on uh, Twitter there and uh, Instagram. She usually has some uh, really cool uh, makeup, just an all-around interesting person. Uh, she went and bought two shirts from me at the Teespring store, which is now going to be closed. Uh, <laughs> so if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, uh, the Teespring store is no longer. The market spoke, and it pretty much said, hey, nobody wants to buy your crap, bro. On uh, September the 30th, it will come to an end. So when you're listening to this tomorrow, it's gone. All right, uh, next person, uh, Des. She has been a uh, wonderful supporter of the show. She's uh, commented on several of my posts and everything. Uh, great, great job. I sent her a free T-shirt, and she insisted on paying for it. So <laughs> she donated via PayPal, and uh, I do appreciate it. It uh, went right in to do some uh, do some advertising that I'm about to uh, come out with. So um, thank you very much for that. Uh, anybody else who has, uh, purchased something from the Teespring store, uh, let me know if you want a big shout out. Uh, I did send out some free samples to folks, uh, over the last uh, week or so. Uh, Miss Buckles, who was a previous guest, got the, uh, don't hurt people, don't take their stuff mug, um, which is probably on her way, on the way there. Uh, some other people got some free shirts. Uh, Raylene uh, got a, uh, a hoodie with the uh, the Voluntarius V on it. And uh, due to a shipping error in her favor, she accidentally got two. So that, that one's going to be fun when she gets that one. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, guys, I just wanted to uh, thank you for uh, coming along, checking in, see what I'm doing here. Uh, but if you could, if you want to uh, support the show in any other way, I've got uh, Patreon, uh, which, you know, many, many thanks to uh, Corbett H out there, who's uh, still a patron subscriber uh, there on Patreon. Subscribe star, float. I got to cash out PayPal, all that different kind of way if you want to give back a little bit to the show. And all of it is going to go back into the show. So I'm either going to use it for advertising purposes, getting some kind of reference materials for myself. Uh, better equipment because, you know, these mics and board and everything are you know, kind of purchased on the cheap. Uh, if you go to Patreon, uh, subscribe, start or float, I occasionally will throw out stuff that I don't release on the free feed. So, uh, sometimes I have like a pre-show chit chat. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll do a little special episode and I'm thinking about doing something super special for the paid subscribers. Uh, I am doing a movie challenge this year. Uh, with it being a leap year, that makes it extra hard, right? So 366 movies and uh, pretty much caught up. Uh, I tried this a couple of years ago, failed by one. You know, I got 364 in a year instead of 365 because I fell asleep that uh, New Year's Eve night and missed it. So uh, I'm definitely going to do it this year. Some people have 100 
movie challenges in a hundred days. And some people have, you know, 30 movies in 30 days and, uh, just ridiculous. Go for the gusto. 366 movies on a leap year. But uh, anyways, guys, if you want to, uh, check that out, uh, I'll put out a, a post on it. I may give like short little couple sentence reviews of the movies that I've watched, uh, so far. So it's over 200 and counting. So <laughs> wish me luck on that. Uh, anyways, guys, uh, thanks for uh, hanging out and, uh, we'll come at you next time with a brand new episode of rebel with a cause out. <laughs>